Welcome to the Accepted Authority, where we help you solve a common consulting growth challenge. I'm Andy Marmont, and with me as always is Greg Roweth. G'day, Greg. Hi, Andy. How are you going? I'm 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 well, a bit better than you who are struggling <laughs> yeah. with cold, but thanks for soldiering on for us today. What we wanted to talk about is a question that's come up a, quite often with a lot of our clients and our potential clients is why marketing doesn't work. And you might be thinking, well, that's a pretty broad question and there's a few parts to it, but we want to focus on probably the the, the main blocker that's stopping marketing being effective for consulting firm owners. And that really starts with the, the message and choosing the right customer or, or client. So to give you a bit of context, as an example, I spoke to someone this week, they're the owner of a consulting firm. They've got 20 staff. It's a fairly niche sort of technology consulting business. And I asked them, so tell me about your business. Who do you help? And they said, and I quote, I help small, medium, and large business owners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no wonder they're struggling <laughs> because <laughs> it's like they're throwing a they're throwing three darts on a board and trying to get one of them to hit. So let's let's talk about the problem with why marketing doesn't work, and let's just focus on maybe this, to start with. Do we need to focus on our ideal customer? Do you reckon? Yeah, good question, Andy, and it's so common. You know, I've, I've had responses to that similar sorts of question in similar sorts of ways a lot. And I think probably it's the biggest challenge for most consulting firms is to define who their client is and, and you know, who they help and um, you know, what problem do they solve is a, another one that goes with that. But, but really defining who they help first is critical because unless you are specific about who you help, you know, you do get those sort of responses around, you know, basically I, I can help anyone with a pulse who's willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem with that, although it sounds like we can help anybody, is that our messaging has to be really generic to cover all the contingencies. You know, if you've got a small business, a medium business, a large business, how do you talk to them about you know, their problem. Well, you can't because each one of those categories has a different set of problems. So when you're trying to do marketing and, um, you know, all you can do is say, here's the services we offer to these sorts of businesses. And um, and we've talked before about, you know, the results of that. People don't have any awareness of the value of your services until they actually know what problems you solve. Yes, yes, that's a that's a really important point, Greg. It's the the first the first piece is really about choosing the uh, choosing the customer, and you might have three that you think that are your ideal sort of clients, but just getting super clear on say one in particular will allow you to focus not on the services but actually on the problem. So let's assume that we chose one ideal client. And, um, you know, I guess that what I'm saying is that the step that we go through there is we need to then understand from their perspective what are these problems that are coming up for them. And you can do it in different ways. You can talk to your customers. You can talk to your team, talk to your sales people. 
do some research. There's a whole different few ways to do it, but that's really the first step, isn't it, Greg? Just get yeah. on the, some of the problems. Yeah, well, it definitely is the first step, but maybe a preliminary step even just before that is to, to actually have the courage to limit your focus in the market. You know, because I think the greatest fear that a lot of consultants have is, is if we specialise, you know, if we start to limit our focus, you know, our marketing isn't working well enough now. So if I actually go narrower and, and be more selective, am I choosing from a smaller pool? And um, so the fear is, well, I can't do that because I don't want to limit my opportunities. But the reality is it actually goes the other way around because, you know, when you are more targeted, when you have a, a more selective focus, you can be much more specific in the messaging that you deliver to your, you know, those ideal clients. So to, to first of all, select who those ideal clients are and, um, you know, really understand them more. And I think that is a challenge in itself of, you know, getting much more clarity and understanding who our clients are, <coughs> yes. excuse me, um, then, yeah, we've got some opportunity to really start to speak to them in terms that they understand rather than in the generic terms that comes across on most websites uh, where we don't have that targeting. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's you, become, you start to become an attraction magnet. Which is which is really the the base of all good marketing. Unless you do that initial work, uh, I think a myth that I see, or a worry that I see a lot of firm owners have, is that they're going to start to lose out on business. But mm. yes, yeah, sure, maybe some clients that won't appeal to them. But that, that's actually a really good thing. You'd rather go. It's mm. like it's like the iceberg theory. You'd rather be a mile deep. Mm -hmm. And in short, you'd rather put all your focus on helping solve the problems for one ideal customer. So you can go really deep. You can have all the creativity that flows from that and your, your messaging and your sales conversations and your marketing and all those things that you do. You'd rather have that than, than have a thin layer of your expertise and knowledge and, and message for many different companies, mm -hmm. right? Like if you imagine that in your mind, well, yeah, what would you rather be a massive long iceberg at the top <laughs> yeah. of the water or a deep, deep yeah. one that goes, you know, 100 feet, 100 feet below the water? And that's the mm. sort of metaphor that yeah. explained it well for me, anyhow. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, being you know, really solid in terms of what you've got to offer, and, and that iceberg example is a good way to picture that. Um, but um, yeah, really you know, being able to acknowledge that we can't be, you know, all things to all people. And, you know, I was actually having a conversation with one of my clients this week about this exact challenge. And what tends to happen is, you know, he gets a lot of referrals. Most of his work comes from referrals, like most consultants. You know, it's a result of existing client referrals plus networking. But a lot of his work is with low-level clients, you know, low, low fee-paying clients, and often because they're probably a, a, a challenge to deal with, he tends to um, go over scope on those projects. Just to you know, he's, he wants to deliver a good service. He's very conscious of his reputation and wants to deliver quality. 
So he goes over and above in delivering that service. But because he's conscious of the client's budget and conscious of their needs and wanting to help, he's often bought out by doing the work for the wrong sort of clients and having the courage to say no to those people, um, even maybe just to be a bit more hard-nosed about saying no to people that need your help but can't really afford to pay the price that um, that they should be paying to to get the quality job that you're going to deliver. So yes. having that focus, first of all, on you know who is a good client, who's not a good client, and being selective, having the courage to to say no to the wrong sort of clients, so that you can really focus on getting more opportunities with the best clients. The courage is such a good word, and I feel like that's just that's a step that a lot of us need to have when it comes to being a business owner is, is as you mm. say having that courage and it, it's a i mean it's it's my number one value is, mm. is courage and i've right. seen that by focusing on that you really you really start to create the kind of business and attract the sort of people that you want so there's, yeah. a, there's a real power in using that starting off with that basis of courage yes you're going to lose mm. out to some clients but hey, what's the what's the opportunity here? What's the upside? Mm, Imagine yeah. your top client, let's call him Bruce, and you think, why is he such a good client? Oh, because he values what I do. He treats me as a as a partner. You know, as part of the business. It's it's a long term relationship. All these things. Imagine a hundred Bruces or fifty Bruces or mm-hmm. ten Bruces, whatever <laughs> you'd like. Then there's a that that that's a whole different approach to your business, and I think that having that realization at the start of this growth journey is going to put you in so much it's going to it's going to quicken your way you know it's going to quicken your your attraction to mm. get your ideal clients coming to you but also you'll look at your business differently and your team therefore also they it's a flow on effect it's a ripple mm. effect because then they go wow Andrew's attracting all these really good clients mm. that value what I do and, and they pay more and all these sorts of things. So yeah. that's, a, that's a really important. Yeah. Well, it's a great example. And, you know, just using someone's name is, you know, the best way to get someone's attention. You know, so if you're saying, hey, Bruce, you know, Bruce is going to turn and have a look who, who just called out for me. But that's the problem with not having a Bruce to call out to. You know, if we're saying, Hey, uh, anyone here in business? Like, yeah, so what? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's not as attractive as, yeah, hey, Bruce, that's, hey, you're talking to me. Yeah, we're all here networking. We're all in business. So are you, you know, actually talking to me or are you talking to the guy I'm talking to or someone else that I haven't met yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I find you know, on a lot of professional service you know, consultants' websites is they actually don't call out to who their ideal client is. It's just leading with the services they offer. Um, and we're not saying, hey, Bruce, does this apply to you? And yes. what I found when we do that, when we flip it around to say, I work for this sort type of business or we work with this type of business to solve this sort of problem, does that sound like you? Then you get people reading your website and wanting to know what your solution is. And no, not, yeah, you won't get everyone read it. The people who don't have that problem or aren't that type of business won't read it. But the good thing is the people who 
are that type of business and have that problem will read it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start to get attraction and, and you know, follow through with people actually either picking up the phone or, or putting their inquiry in to talk to you. Yes, it's that inbound, really it's that mixture of inbound and outbound. But if you can get the inbound people mm. coming to you, as you said, Greg, that's call you Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Great. Sounds like um, an old Kiwi, Kiwi joke we're falling into now. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let that through to the keeper, as they say, <laughs> and, keep, and keep moving forward. But, um, yeah, definitely. So really what, as a, as a sort of summarising that, if marketing doesn't work, it's probably because you're not super clear on your ideal client and then you haven't actually narrowed down the message and the problem that you're trying to solve for them. Doing that as a foundation will allow you to attract more of who you want to work with. It will make you better in sales. And it will also allow you to, from your building your authority through things like content, that will also come to the fore. So it's mm. a whole system that we're trying to build here. Mm. But it starts with your ideal client. So we might wrap it up there and let you um, wrap up with some a nice blanket, Greg. So thank you for your time. And, and as always, uh, where can we find you online? Yeah, definitely do a search for Greg Roworth on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or go to my website at businessflightpath.com. Fantastic. I'm Andrew Marmont on LinkedIn, or the website is concurve.com.au. This has been the Accepted Authority Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.